0: If I love Christ like this, what impact will it have on my family? If I extend myself in serving Christ, will it hurt my children?
1: Welcome to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith. I'm David Pick. And Colin, as a pastor, I'm sure this is something that you've thought of quite a bit.
0: Yeah, that's right. We all want to protect our children. We all want the best for them. And the question is, what is the best for our children? We're in the book of Deuteronomy that has a fascinating insight into this issue. Remember, there was a generation that was challenged to go into the promised land, and they didn't have the faith or the courage to do it. And in Deuteronomy chapter 1, we have a fascinating insight into one of the factors. The Lord actually says through the mouth of Moses. Now you were afraid that the children would be taken captive. And you can imagine that. Here are these people thinking we're to go into this land with giants, and we've got little children. What will happen to the little children? So their affection for their children held them back from being obedient to the Lord. Now, what was the result for them? They ended up wandering in the desert for 40 years. Think of the impact of that on the children. Instead of leading their children into the promised land, which is what they would have done if they'd had faith and courage, they actually led their children into the desert. So, this is going to challenge what we think is best for our children. It's going to challenge the idea that holding back from following Christ is in their best interest. Actually, extending ourselves in following Christ is always in the best interest of our children.
1: And with that introduction, let's get into the message itself. It's called, Tell Your Children Why and it's from Deuteronomy chapter 6. Here's Colin.
0: We're learning as we work our way through this marvellous part of the scripture that it is distinctively a part of the Bible that is addressed to God's people. We saw last time that uh, God is speaking here to those he has chosen, those he has redeemed, those he has made a covenant with, and that is very important, especially when we come to the commandments. See, the Ten Commandments, unlike what many people have in their minds, the Ten Commandments were never a kind of ladder for unsaved people to kind of work their way somehow nearer to God. The Ten Commandments are rather the way of life for those who have been redeemed, those who are in our New Testament terms in Christ, those who are in the covenant. God is speaking to his own people. And we saw last time that the whole book of Deuteronomy really is an explanation and an application of the Ten Commandments. You remember that the first commandment says, just back in Deuteronomy in chapter 5 there, the first commandment, you shall have no other gods before me. That's the first commandment. Now the question is, what does that mean? What does it mean to have no other gods before the Lord? Well the chapters that we're in in Deuteronomy right now are an explanation of what that means and we began to look at this last week in Deuteronomy chapter 6 in verse 5 where we find out what it means to have no other gods before the Lord. It means this, that you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Deuteronomy 6, 5, that verse is sometimes referred to as the Shema, and the Shema uh, states positively what the first commandment states negatively. They're really saying the same thing, just the other way around. You shall have no other gods before me. What does that mean? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And so last week, as we made our way into this, we began to see what that means, Loving God with all your heart means loving him with your affection, with your mind, with your desire or your will. Loving him with all your soul means loving him with your energy, your ability, and your years. And loving God with all your strength, we saw, means loving him out of your muchness. That's the literal translation, out of your substance, out of your possession. So that's where we got to last week. If you love the Lord... With all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, and this is what the first commandment is calling us to as those who are in Christ, then he will have the highest place in your affections, the highest claim on your life, and indeed the highest priority over your checkbook. That is what this is saying. This is what it means to have no other gods before the Lord. This is what it means to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength. Now that's where we got to last weekend. Today, we're going to take the next step. And it's simply this, the obvious question that will arise. If I love Christ like this, what impact will it have on my family? That's the question. If I extend myself in serving the Lord, if I push the boundaries of investing myself in him and in his purpose in the world, will it hurt my children? That's the question. Now, folks, um, if you didn't know already, I assure you this is a critical question especially for younger parents in our time if I extend myself in serving Christ will it hurt my children and it is a very real question you love the Lord and you want to serve him you want your life to honor him but you have children you have a family and you feel that there is a tension between these two things You want to be a good mother. You want to be a good father. You love your children. What does it look like to love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and out of all your muchness when you have a wife and you have children? It's very practical. Now, I want you to see with Deuteronomy chapter 6 open in front of you that it is very significant that when Moses says in chapter 6 and verse 5, love the Lord your God with all your heart, he immediately goes on to describe the impact of this on your family. The connection's right there. And I have good news for you today. Far from destroying your family, I want you to see from the scriptures today That if you choose to love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, your family will be blessed. Indeed, we're going to see from the Bible today that the best way to serve your family, the best way to love your family is to live for the Lord. And indeed, any other choice, any other priority of life will indeed be destructive in the long term to the people who you love. So just to get the principle that we're going to see in a few moments directly from the Bible in our minds, uh, I framed it for you like this. Love the Lord first and your family will be blessed. Love the family first and the family will suffer. That's the principle. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your strength and the application of that that Moses is giving to us in the verses that are before us now. Your family will be blessed. But if you go the other route and you hold back from the Lord, you put your family first, then your family will suffer. Now I want you to see this directly from the scriptures. And so please turn with me for a moment back a couple of pages to Deuteronomy and chapter one. Deuteronomy and chapter one. And remember that in Deuteronomy, Moses is speaking to a new generation of God's people who have finally come to the verge of the promised land. Remember that 40 years earlier, the parents of this generation had also been on the verge of the promised land and God had called them to step forward and to enter in. But you remember the story, they sent out spies. And when the spies came back, they reported that the land was good. But then they said, there are some problems. You see, the land is wonderful and it's full of these marvelous grapes and all the rest of it, but there are giants in the land and the cities of the land are heavily fortified. And the spies brought back this report. And you remember what happened when the parents heard that report from the spies, the parents turned back. And so for the next 40 years, they wandered in the desert. Now here's the question. Why did they make that decision, hearing the report from the spies, what was it that prompted them to make the choice to turn back from what God was calling them to do? Why was it that that earlier generation did not go up into Canaan? What was it that precipitated them to lead their children for 40 years in the desert? Now, there must have been many factors, but I want to draw your attention to Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 39, where you see a very, very clear statement there that is of huge importance. The Lord is speaking here, and He says this The little ones that you said would be taken captive, your children, they are the ones who will enter into the land. That is what God said to that earlier generation, the ones who turned back when they heard the report from the spies. God said, the little ones that you said would be taken captive, that's what you said. Your children, they are the ones who will enter into the land. Now, you see what's happening, and it's very easy to picture this. The spies come back, And they say, well, there are giants in the land. And it's a marvelous land, but the cities are fortified. And the parents say, well, now this is far too great a risk. We have little children. We have to do what's best for the kids. We can't be going into a land where there are giants. Our children could be taken captive. Do you see that there in verse 39? That is what they said. The risk is too great. We can't do what God says. We have little children. That was the rationale. Now, that is what they said. And folks, when I read that, I say, I understand this, don't you? Can you see how they got there? They put the children first. And what was the result? The children they tried to protect spent the largest part of their lives wandering in the desert.
1: That's really something to think about. You're listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, Tell Your Children Why. It's part of our series, Take Two, The Power of a Fresh Start. And if you've missed the series, or if you want to go back and listen again, then you can do that by coming online to our website, openthebible.org.uk. Or you can find us as a podcast, go to your favourite podcast site, search for Open the Bible UK, and subscribe to receive regular updates. Back to the message now, we're in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Here's
0: Colin. Here is the great irony. If these parents had put the Lord before the children, the children would have been raised in the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But because these parents put the children before the Lord, Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 39, they led their children into an arid experience of 40 years wandering in a wilderness. Do you see the irony of that? The parents put the children first and it was devastating for the children. That's Deuteronomy chapter one and verse 39. Oh sure, if they had gone into the land, some parents would have lost their sons and their daughters. Obedience always has a cost. But can you see clearly with me today that by putting the children first, these parents did themselves and their children the greatest possible disservice. Now from that, I want to make this first statement and I deliberately put it provocatively because I want you to see it. I want you to struggle with it. I want you to chew on it. I want you to pray over it. I want you to grasp it. Don't live for your spouse Or for your family. Don't live for your spouse and for your family. That is what the generation did that led the kids into the desert. They put the kids first. Putting the kids first is the worst thing you can do for the children. The best way to serve your family is to love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And the same is true of marriage. Now think about this because it's so different from the way that things are in our culture. Wives, don't desire, whatever you do, don't desire that you will be first in your husband's life. Desire that Christ will be first in your husband's life. Because if he truly loves Christ with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his strength, he will love you well and he will love you well even when you are less lovable. But if you are first in his life, you have taken the place of God, and that is a burden you cannot bear. That is a work that you cannot sustain. That is something that you cannot carry. You will only fail, and you can only disappoint if you're there. I want you to think about this. Husbands, by all means, buy a card for your wife that says, I love you. But when you go into the card shop, please don't ever buy a card that says, I live for you. You'll find many of them. But that is a statement of idolatry. And if that is where you're at, you have made yourself an idolater. And you have put your spouse in a position that they cannot possibly sustain. That is not love. That is the way to destroy and to crush what God is seeking to build. Your wife will be the one that you laugh with. Your wife will be the one that you dream with. Your wife will be the one that you love, but... She cannot be the one that you live for. Only God can be God to you. Your spouse does not have that capacity. And to place that burden on them is the worst form of idolatry. Now, you see, as you begin to think about this, the same principle holds true for your children. What is the first commandment? The first commandment is, you shall have no other gods before me. And that includes the children. That is why, when you think about it, the Lord Jesus said on one occasion in Matthew chapter 10 and verse 37, anyone who loves his son or his daughter more than me is not worthy of me. People read that and they say, well, how could Jesus possibly have said such a thing? He was simply applying the first commandment. No other gods before me. Learn to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So if you let the children take the first place in your heart and the first place in your life and have the first claim on your money, you have made them an idol. And if you make them an idol, if you put them in that position, what are you teaching them to do as they grow up? You will teach them to be worshippers of themselves. See, isn't it fascinating? When Satan comes into the garden, he says to Adam and Eve, now you shall be as God and paradise is lost. But when the Lord comes down to Mount Sinai, he comes down to the mountain, he says, you shall have no other gods before me. And the generation that hears that and responds to it enter into the promised land. Don't live for your wife. Spouse or your family you shall have no other gods before me. For me to live is Christ, and to die, therefore, is gain. Now, that's the first thing. Here's the second that follows from it. Let's move to the positive. That's the negative. Let's move to the positive. Align your life. Therefore, around one consuming passion for the Lord. Align your life around one consuming passion for the Lord. Now, coming back to uh, Deuteronomy and chapter 6, 40 years have now passed. And uh, these little ones whose parents tried to protect them by holding back from full obedience, the parents have now died and the little ones have become mature adults in their own right. Their parents had put them first and they suffered as a result. But now a generation on, Moses brings this new and younger generation again to the verge of the promised land. So, try and picture this in your mind. The little ones these parents were so anxious to protect, they've now grown, and they have children of their own. And they come to the verge of the promised land, and guess what? There are still giants in the land, and there are still cities that are fortified, and God is calling the new generation to enter into the promised land, and the new generation knows that it will be costly. So what does Moses say to them in the second giving of the law? He gives them the Ten Commandments and now speaking from the heart and out of all these years of experience, what does he say to them? Love the Lord your God, he says, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Listen, he's saying as we take the flow of the story, your parents didn't do that. They were folks with a faith but never a mission. They put you first, and for 40 years you have lived in a dryness, and you've never known anything else. Look at what that did to them, and look at what it's already done to you. Now you're standing right here on the same spot, and your little children are around you. What are you going to do? You're going to have to choose how you are going to live, because you face the same challenges. So learn from what you have experienced yourself. You've seen that this half-hearted love for God is toxic to the children. Now you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Do it so that it may go well with you and with your children. That's chapter five and verse 29. Align your life around one consuming passion for the Lord.
1: So a look today at why we shouldn't live our lives solely for our family. Instead, it's better to align our life around a passion for God, and then everything else falls into place. You are listening to Open the Bible with Pastor Colin Smith and the message, Tell Your Children Why. It's part of our series, Take Two, The Power of a Fresh Start. And if you've missed any of the series, why not come online to our website, openthebible.org.uk, and catch up or go back and listen again. And, of course, you can always find Pastor Colin Smith's messages as podcasts. Search for Open the Bible UK and subscribe to the podcast to receive regular updates. There's also a link to the podcasts on our website. Also on our website and available as a podcast, you'll find Open the Bible Daily. That's a series of short two to three minute reflections based on Pastor Colin Smith's teaching and read in the UK by Sue McLeish. So, Sue, what's January's Open the Bible Daily all about? It's about the book of Deuteronomy, which, of course, is really a sermon given by Moses before the people finally entered the promised land. And you can find Open the Bible daily on our website, openthebible.org.uk, or as a podcast, if that's a better way for you to listen. Open the Bible is supported entirely by our listeners, people just like you. And as we begin a new year, if you'd like to support Open the Bible in a regular way, you can do that by setting up a regular donation to Open the Bible of £5 per month or more. In return, we'd love to thank you by sending you a free gift, and that's a book called Psalms by the Day. It's by Bible scholar Alec Motier. This book takes you all the way through the book of Psalms, written in a daily devotional format. Colin, what makes this book so special?
0: Oh, without question, that it was written by Alec Matier, And I know a lot of folks listening to the programme won't know that name. But, you know, when I was a teenager, I used to listen to old cassette tapes of Alec Mateer opening up the scriptures. I used to sit with a typewriter, and I've still got notes that I made from all those years ago, and he has been a lifelong guide through the scriptures for me. I buy anything that was published by Alec Mateer. He's with the Lord now, but he was a godly, wonderful, wonderful scholar and preacher. And this book on the Psalms that takes you through the Psalms. You can read one a day. He gives his own translation of the Psalms that just brings out some fresh meaning. He comments on words and applies them. And some of his devotional thoughts, just the applications that he makes from the Psalms are just wonderful. Anytime I'm speaking on the Psalms, I go to Alec Matir as one of the sources and I find invariably that he gives the most wonderful help. So this is a great resource. It's something that's very rich in my life. And it's just a joy to me that we're able to share it with others.
1: Well, again, the book is called Psalms by the Day by Alec Mortier, And it's our gift to you if you're able to set up a new donation to the work of Open the Bible in the amount of five pounds per month or more. Full details on our website, openthebible.org.uk. For Open the Bible and Pastor Colin Smith, I'm David Pick. And I hope you'll be able to join us again next time. Maybe you've tried to prioritise your faith. God first, family second, ministry third. If that hasn't been working for you, join us next time on Open the Bible.